Hypertension or high blood pressure is called a silent disease because it has few symptoms. And left untreated, hypertension can lead to heart disease in many forms, including hardening of the arteries, heart attack, and stroke. Hypertension can also damage other organs, namely the kidneys. The good news is that for most patients, hypertension can be controlled through medications and lifestyle changes. In the past five years, the American Heart Association revised its hypertension guidelines, chiefly to emphasize that even slightly elevated blood pressure should be taken seriously due to the health complications it can raise. And joining me today to emphasize these points is Dr. Aaron Kay. He's a board-certified cardiologist at Franciscan Health. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. So, Dr. K, thanks so much for your time today. We're talking about hypertension, high blood pressure. So what exactly is hypertension, and why is it bad for our hearts? Hypertension is a word that just means that the pressure in the arteries is high, higher than normal. And that's the pressure in the uh, systemic arteries, meaning the ones that go to the whole body, not to the ones in the lungs, which is a different problem with a different name. The reason it's important is because your blood pressure determines how much blood uh, goes everywhere in your body, but it also determines how much stress many of your organs will face. Your heart is a muscle, and your heart muscle, if it has to pump against a high blood pressure, will do the same thing your biceps will do if you curl uh, heavy weight. It'll grow, and that can cause it to get thick, and that thickness can actually be harmful and make it not work quite so well. So weightlifting is not good for the heart muscle. The heart muscle needs the right amount of blood pressure, not too much and, and not too little either. Other organs are very sensitive to blood pressure as well, especially the brain uh, and the kidneys. People with very high uncontrolled blood pressure for a very long period of time have a high risk of having a stroke or having kidney disease or even going on dialysis down the road. I know it's pretty prevalent, especially with adults. So how many people suffer from hypertension? Oh, it's very common. Most probably wouldn't say they're suffering because they don't know they have it in many cases or they have it and don't have any symptoms. It's often called the silent killer for a reason because, you know, you don't feel bad when you have it. Sometimes the medicines that people take make them feel worse and it's hard to get them to keep on their medicines. But over half of uh, all adults have high blood pressure or hypertension. Who exactly has hypertension, age, gender? Are there some specifics you can give us? Yeah, it's pretty common kind of throughout the species of humans, all races and sexes. There is a tendency to more hypertension in African-Americans. I'm not sure if anybody has ever sorted out what genetic factors uh, may be responsible for that. Men tend to get it at uh, younger ages than women. There may be something protective of having periods uh, when you're younger as a woman, but the risk more or less evens out in older age groups. Uh, Speaking of women, how does hypertension affect women, maybe especially after menopause? You know, really, it doesn't have any different effects than it would on anybody else. I think the issue is that it's just more common to start in that age range in women than men who often have already had it for years. It can be difficult to uh, treat blood pressure in older adults, women and men, because sometimes the uh, blood pressure medications can be a little more powerful, if you will, and the arteries can be very stiff. So if you treat them with nothing, they may be way too high. If you treat them with a little bit, it might be more than they need. So trying to find the right amount so that you don't make them get dizzy and pass out is a little tough to do. It's tougher in older folks than it is in younger folks. Yeah, hard to find that balance, I'm sure. And as a doctor, have you noticed trends in who develops hypertension? Is it younger patients, certain occupations? 
I haven't really noticed uh, a real significant uh, difference in younger patients getting it more frequently. Young people typically aren't going to have it without a pretty good family history or without certain kinds of genetic problems or birth defects like a coarctation of the aorta. I don't really think of any specific occupation that's got a higher risk of having uh, hypertension. There is some perhaps folklore that having a type A personality is more likely to give you hypertension because of the high stress that you have and being on the go all the time. Certainly, younger kids and adolescents, younger adults that drink a bunch of energy drinks and that kind of stuff are going to have more of it, but that may be something that would go away if they just stop uh, drinking those uh, products. When we talk about the AHA guidelines, what's normal blood pressure and what's not, and at what level do you recommend people address their hypertension? Yeah, the AHA nowadays says that you want to keep it below 130 over 80. That's been kind of a moving target over the last few years. A few years ago, below 140 over 90 was the goal, and that's been considered not aggressive enough. Statistics would show that if you keep it below that 130 over 80 number in a large population, you would prevent many heart attacks and many strokes and many other problems. For the individual patient, you have to take into consideration what they do and the risk of falling and how they respond to medication. So we don't always get perfect numbers for everybody, and sometimes being perfect is uh, the enemy of the good. But most of the time, we try to shoot for that good 130 over 80, or maybe even a little below that. Can hypertension be genetic? Are there genetic and family history factors that can affect that and cause hypertension? Yeah, there are definitely clusters of hypertension that run in families at younger ages. And I don't think that we fully understood all of that. Certainly, there are types of kidney disease, like polycystic kidney disease, that, that run in families that can uh, almost always have blood pressure problems with them, as well as a variety of other kidney disorders can as well. And I know there are a lot of uh, lifestyle and let's call them controllable factors that impact blood pressure, weight, smoking, diet, exercise, uh, sodium for sure. So what's your words of wisdom to people in those controllable areas if they have hypertension, high blood pressure, that, you know, this is sort of within their control, if you will? Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head. People who are very overweight often have sleep apnea, and it's very hard to lose weight, but it's very easy to get a sleep study and get treated for sleep apnea which can lower the blood pressure and uh, help the heart work better and often help you lose weight as well. So trying to look for those subtle things that are easier to fix can be very helpful. Certainly, quitting smoking is extremely important as well, and it's easier said than done for most people. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the energy drinks earlier, and I know that salt is is a major issue uh, in terms of the relationship with hypertension and high blood pressure. So what's your advice about people cutting down on their sodium? Yeah, if you have diagnosed hypertension or if you've got diagnosed heart failure, especially if you've been in the hospital because of one of those issues, you really should try to keep your sodium intake down to about two grams a day. One of my mentors a few years back would say, if it tastes good, spit it out. And that may be a little too extreme, but try to avoid things that come in a bag uh, or that come in a can because they tend to have extra salt as a preservative. Try to have more fresh fruits and vegetables, more fresh uh, meats lean meats. Try not to add any salt to what you cook the best that you can. Really, it's much more important if you have the problem than if you don't have the problem because often in you know, some younger people, we may have to have them have extra salt in the diet because their pressure is not high enough. But we more often than not are telling patients to cut it back because they have too much in the diet already that's causing them problems and making their feet swell and put them in the hospital. As we get close to wrapping up here, you know, I know doctors don't just want to throw pills, if you will, at people, but if a person needs medication to control hypertension, where do you start when determining what medications will work for people? There's a lot of different uh, ways to look at it. Most of the time, 
you have basically two things to think about. One is if there's a compelling reason for a certain type of drug. So if you have heart failure, we're going to put you on a beta blocker and probably an ACE inhibitor or something kind of like that. And if you have diabetes, we're going to put you on an ACE inhibitor. And then if you still have high blood pressure, we may add some additional agents. And then beyond that, it's mostly uh, trial and error in what kind of side effects the patient can tolerate. Certainly for most people, diuretics like hydrochlorothiazide are a first-line therapy for very mild blood pressure. For other groups of people, sometimes uh, beta blockers and calcium channel blockers are the the first-line therapy. There's really no right or wrong answer for it. It's just a matter of what works the best with the least amount of side effects and has the uh, fewest number of pills so that patients will actually take them. Yeah, it does seem uh, you're right that the fewer the pills, the more likely we are to take them. And uh, thank you so much, and you stay well. Thank you very much. For more information, go to franciscanhealth.org slash heartcare. And we hope you found this podcast to be helpful and informative. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.